I think we can all agree that the Tooth Fairy is real. I'm sorry. I think we can all agree that the Tooth Fairy is fake, correct? <laughs> wait, wait, what? You, what just happened? <laughs> Stop. I don't know what bit you're going to do, but I'm canceling it to talk about the fact that you just boned that the worst anybody could possibly bone it. Did you, did you take debate class in high school? <laughs> <laughs> they told me to take both sides of the argument. So right. I'm just living that it's, Hello. it's just a sucker punch. Hello. My name is Rush Fushtick. Mussolini was a good dude. No, wait. <laughs> Fuck. I already blew this it. This is like a Let genuine... Me... I had a genuine question, even though I did blow it. I really wanted to ask this question. <laughs> Sometimes okay, you only get I... one... Dun, 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 dun. What if you only get one shot to start your podcast? <laughs> one opportunity. Would you take it? Or would you... You just mob spaghetti all over your fucking microphone, Russ. <laughs> okay, what if... Wait, so the Tooth Fairy is fake? Okay, we can agree yeah. that that. I'm not going to even uh, set that up okay, as a premise sure. to say yes and to. The Tooth Fairy is fake. Why in a million years, if you're going to make up a fake tooth fairy, would you require that kids put the tooth under the, under the pillow, pillow, the hardest thing right. to a access yeah. in a million years? That's an easy well, question. Yeah. Are you real? It's the easiest question on the planet. Go, go ahead then. Enlighten you, us. Because by that point in your life, like presumably, maybe you're married. You have, you have mm -hmm. at least one kid who's like, you know, getting, getting a little older. Life is, you know, getting a little stale. So you need to start setting up Mission Impossible style yes, scenarios heists. to keep that heists. spark of life alive. That's yeah. a really good point. I love that, Chris. Thank you. And you know, this is this discussion's over. Uh, plant nailed it one. I just want to point out, Russ, it wasn't. I, I it must be a real struggle. You know, if you know Russ personally, like I do, the hard thing about Russ is he is a genuinely smart and funny person. But Russ just being Russ is also funnier than Russ when he is on his game. Yeah, so it's right. this constant struggle of what, like, which Russ are you gonna get, and which Russ do you want? Because they're both very choice. <laughs> I gotta be me. I've already decided. Once my kids start losing teeth, I'm not gonna say it's the tooth fairy. I'm gonna say that their bed ate it, and the bed <laughs> gave them the bed gave them a dollar in exchange because the, the the mattress is full of money and teeth. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know a game. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I'm here to hear about the best game of the week. My name is Russ Frostick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a book club and for video games. And just by listening, you, my friend, are a member. You've joined. Look in your pocket. You'll find your membership card. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about a new game called Shin Megami Tensei. Five. Five. V. Go. Uh, this should be fun to hear Chris try to summarize what Shin Megami Tensei 5 is. I actually put in the rundown that you should probably take it, Griffin. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei is a long, long, long-running uh, role-playing game series uh, that started, Jesus, I think back in the NES there was a, a Megami Tensei game. Uh, it is all about 
capturing or negotiating with demons to join your side. And then if you've played the Persona series, and I'm sure we'll get into those comparisons a lot this episode, uh, you're going to be familiar with like that sort of core gameplay loop. Each enemy has weaknesses, uh, elemental weaknesses that you have to try and cover with your team of uh, yourself and three demons that you work with at a time. Uh, and the story is full of literally any kind of religious symbolism that you could imagine. Uh, and yeah, there's more to it. Than it's that, like we'll get into Pokemon it. Persona. Did I do it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's like... No one's yeah, going to have any feelings fine. about that on the internet, right? Yeah, probably not. No, they definitely will. So let's just move on. I'm so scared of this episode. I'm so... The, the Shin Megami Tensei fan base is so... So intense. Hey, and, hey, 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 Griff. Yeah. Stand behind me. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to get behind Jesse, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties so griffin uh i think i don't want to speak for anyone else on the podcast but i think it's pretty apparent how people how i feel specifically on jrpgs um right and so so i don't necessarily want to paint this with a my jrpg dislike brush but i do want to know from your perspective what it is that like draws you in about this game because for me it is it is very very tough for me to get into yeah. this game it, it is a jrpg ass jrpg yeah and there is there's no getting around that like if you are not a fan of of this genre this is not going to be the game for you uh to be frank this is the first shin megami tensei game that i have like been able to crack into uh, I gave four the old college try. Uh, there were there have been games on DS and 3DS that uh, I, I gave a shot to, um, and it 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 never clicked with me. Um, and the reason for that, I I am I'm a huge fan of the Persona series. Uh, four Golden is maybe my one of my top three favorite games ever. Um, and if you have played those games, Shin Megami Tensei basically ditches all of the day-to-day activities, the social links. The, like, normal the, world stuff. The normal world stuff. Now, you do you do sort of pop between um, 
real life Tokyo and this sort of apocalyptic version of of Tokyo, which is another sort of returning f- feature from from the series. Like that is usually that is usually a thing that happens in in the Shimagami Tensei games. So it loses all of that uh, real life making friends, and you know everybody has these stories and cutscenes. There is a story in Shimagami Tensei Five uh, and the rest of the series. In my opinion, it's the weakest part. Like it is negligible at best. However, um, the the actual gameplay of it, the actual you know customizing your party and customizing each you know sort of demon that you recruit, so they have the exact skills that you need to succeed in like a single you know boss fight or just to have a good general strategy when you're running around the open world and and fighting demons and stuff. That stuff is, in my opinion way better in Shimigami Tensei 5 than it ever has been in any Persona game. And that is mm. what that has is what has won me over. The amount of customization that you have is like outrageous. You can still merge demons together to make like stronger demons. That's that comes right back. You can collect things called essences, which basically has all of the powers that any particular demon has and then you can just drop it on yourself or another person or another demon to just like make this super super specific party that you need and you have to do that stuff because um another thing that sort of sets it apart i think for persona is that this game is fucking hard as hell it is like unapologetically very difficult and if you screw up a single turn that that could be it like your enemies could could you know take you down and in in the next turn and that's it does your experience with persona like because i i was like drowning trying to like wrap my head around the system yeah sure yeah, no, it it helps. It's definitely different here. Um, the fact that like you are, you can consume the power of these of these demons to like upgrade yourself, right? That's not how it works, really, in Persona games. In Persona, you like equip a demon, and then you're you have that those skills and those affinities, right? Because those are a major part of the game. You have to hit enemy weaknesses. I'll try really quick to explain the press turn system, oh, which is uh, a, a returning thing. Basically, you have four actions that you can take before it turns over to the enemy's turn. But if you hit an enemy's weakness, you basically get an extra move out of that. So you could, if you, you know, if everybody in your party, if all four members are hitting weaknesses, then you have eight turns to, you know, take take the enemy down. So like that stuff is really really important. Uh, you cannot neglect it. So much so that, like, I had to, during a couple boss fights, I lost them pretty quickly and then had to go back to the drawing board and, like, you know, absorb different affinities. Because this, oh, this one has a lot of fire and dark attacks. So let me pick up something that maybe can defend against one of those. It's so engaging. Like, I, mm. I, I found myself just running around <laughs> the open world collecting demons to blend them and do all that stuff. That I, I really like that, and it is what has propelled me through, I think I'm about maybe a dozen hours into the game. The, but the story just isn't clicking with me really at all because the, I feel like there is no real life social link, you know, stuff to, to think about. And, you know, maybe that's not everybody's thing, uh, but I feel zero connection with any of the characters in this game. And if if that's the case, like there there is no story that's going to grab me at that point. So, Justin, you like this game, too? Oh man, I don't know. It's like I, I very, I'm, I'm trying to be careful because I very much understand that this is like not. I have like, I've enjoyed. I mean, again, to just introduce this comparison that I know frustrates people deeply. I've enjoyed some of the Persona games, um, but if people get pissy about that comparison, 
you're you're being you're being a little extra because like yeah. the games are pretty fucking similar. Like also, no. we had so many people ask us, "Hey, I really like Persona. Should I get into this game?" So it's a very legitimate question. People want to yeah, absolutely. Know. It it's just like so off putting. I mean, I get is the best way I can describe. It's like so many different like tropes that are like stay away stay away like it's bizarre to me that we open up like i really had to go and check to make sure i hadn't played this before (laughs) like when you start in a classroom and you look like the most generic ass anime hero on the planet like you're not a human being you're just like a sketchbook made real and it's like it's so generic and it's like walking around and talking to other students and then you're sucked into this like bizarre like different dimension with like monsters and stuff and has zero connection to what you were doing before and just like none of it is engaging or interesting like the battles just this stuff and again like i don't understand the systems that well Um, maybe this would all be made clear but there's just stuff that's like not pleasant like when you like the fact that like uh getting attacked is passive there's like no sort of you know interaction or like a block or something you can do you know to like make that part engaging and then uh, it kills it this is very annoying to me that like when you run out of magic power you don't get it back there like even when you level up it doesn't refill which to me like sucks a lot of the fun out of like experimentation and 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 figuring out like what works best with what because it all feels so limited to where like right now like nobody has magic power and i don't have any items to refill it so it's just like rather than some deep system it's just like a bunch of people attacking and then they attack and it's just like and i and and all the monster designs are like who cares like they have no uh connection to the the world that I'm in, like there, and I, I feel like I've seen all of them before. I don't know. I did. I, I, I find basically nothing and all the writing is, is like drab, like the sort of like highfalutin, like gods and demons are among us. And you don't really care about any of that. And we know it's all made up, but <laughs> we need you to try to care. Okay. Just please, please try to care. Uh, Cause it's not really a story, but it, there's gods and demons. I will, and I stuff. will say this: the like one part that I thought started getting me more interested, and I don't know if this continues, is the demons that you can like walk up and talk to, and some of them have like actual personalities that aren't. Yeah, just, like, I kind of dug that. Yeah, the demons are the best part of the game. Yeah. I, I did want to say that you did see all these demons before. Like, pre- if you have played any game in the series, Persona or Shin Megami Tensei, like you're going to recognize most of these, most of these guys. And I think that's one of the cooler things about this series, about both series, Persona and Shin Megami Tensei five and how it explores virtually every world religion or like cultural folklore to create these things. Uh, and what's great is during loading scenes, uh, which don't happen too terribly often, mostly if you die and have to reload. It'll show you like a little tip about, you know, this is who Mokai actually is and where they came from and what it means in the real world. That shit's really cool. Uh, I did want to say on the subject of running out of magic power, you can refill that for a price at save points and stuff, but there's also like little pickups all around the world that you can grab uh, to, to refill that stuff. And, and also, there's a really cool system in this game that is one of the main things that grabbed me uh, called Miracles, which are just passive upgrades that, you know, help out your character or 
Um, you, there actually is a, a miracle that you can spend this like really rare currency on that does actually <laughs> refill your health and and magic when you level up. So like that's that's I feel like there are a lot of sort of annoying things like that when you start that uh, are are mitigated by this this system that yeah it does take a while to to flesh out a little bit. It feels like this is the game that you should play like six games in to your like level of like loving JRPGs like. If you really want to go yeah. down the rabbit hole, this is where, like, you would never in a million years start here. Yeah. I don't I, think I would have been able to break into it if I hadn't played, you know, every Persona game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I would, so when I was younger, I, I, don't, I don't know if y'all remember this, but there was this, like, period where it felt like once a year, every video game magazine would give, like, 10 out of 10s to one fighting game. They'd be like, this is it. This is the fighting mm-hmm. game. It rules. Everybody should go play it. Or they would do it to a racing game. They'd do it to something very, like, at the time, I would say, kind of niche genre. And then I would be like, wow, 10 out of 10. I gotta go get it. And then I would go uh, and actually try it and be completely out of my depth uh, with whatever the fighting game was. R- discovering it was extremely hardcore and, like, not for me, right? And I mm-hmm. think that is how I feel about this game and that it seems like as someone who's not good at this sort of stuff, a great game for people who love this very, maybe not very, but somewhat niche type of JRPG. Some used to be more popular, uh, you know, I don't know, a decade ago. But the weird thing that's happening is the expectations have changed where people are like, this is the big Switch game right now. You gotta love it. If you like Persona, you're not, you know, like true if you don't also love this. And I think that, like, shift in expectations is... I just imagine a lot of people getting this game and then being uh, quite off-put by it because it is so not for them. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's hardcore in virtually every way that a game of a specific genre can be can be pretty hardcore what what does the title mean uh it's like i i I don't know it's a uh the original megami tensei i think was like a a book or maybe a manga or something like that uh and then they added shin onto it when they making video games in it Uh, yeah you're right chris like i i don't think that this is just a oh a new switch game i'll pick it up like i think you have to be you have to be pretty into JRPGs with like complex systems in order to in order to swing this. That said, it is the most I have enjoyed a Shin Megami Tensei game. So if you are looking to crack it, like if you like Persona and you specifically like the systems of Persona and and you know the the vibe of courting demons to join your side and stuff, um, I think this is this is the easiest Shin Megami Tensei game to to break into. Yeah. Um, I, I also or at least love it's the, the first one that has for me. keeps building out their own kind of universe. As, as like messy as it is between stuff like this and then, you know, the Persona uh, spin-offs and Catherine uh, which again, I'll be very clear, problematic game, <laughs> but I I I think it's it's interesting that they shift between puzzle games to very hardcore RPGs to fighting games which I know they technically don't make. Um it's just I, I can't really think of a brand like it other than like Mario that is doing the kind of breadth of stuff that they do. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a for the people who like this series like it is a very consistent series to dive into. I also just wanted to add that while the character, the main character is kind of boring, 
in the Earth side. Uh, once he gets to you know the, uh, the the apocalypse world, he fuses with like a robot guy, yeah. and then turns into this like beautiful androgynous cyborg with a lightsaber arm, which is pretty fucking cool. I think. I guess I think straight that's- straight up, like just stop there. Like we should have just cut out the last thirty seconds of what Griffin said, and that should have been the entire episode. And you would know, I think, with you now know, listener, this went with one hundred and fifty percent certainty <laughs> the extent, to, the you, the exact pleasure you would derive from this game. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep diving into it. It's a bit of a busy time right now, but I feel like I've invested enough time into like my super team of demons that I you know, want to keep, want to keep pounding through it. Um, those cutscenes, though. <laughs> those, <laughs> whenever those cut I scenes, play, though. whenever I play this game, I'm reminded of the, you know, the SNL skit, uh, Wells for Boys. Yeah. Uh, with Emma Stone and the kids are making fun of as well. And then the mom says, it's not for you. <laughs> Everything else is for you. I feel that way. I feel like Emma Stone is yelling at me when I play this game. Like, you know, no, Justin, this isn't for you. There's other people that this is for. Go play Madden, Justin. Go play Madden, Justin. I'm sure there's another Uncharted game. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, I think we're going to take a break and talk about Grand Theft Auto. Oh, boy. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, it so it sucks shit. So I've been in the air for a little <laughs> bit traveling and I and I feel like the zeitgeist <laughs> as I I missed it. What's going on with uh with GTA? Okay, so a few weeks ago, Rockstar released a trailer and they said, "Hey, y'all, we're remaking You know how Rockstar's always saying, y'all. <laughs> totally. We are remaking the first, I'm sorry, the the like PS2 trilogy of GTA games for modern consoles. And not only are we remaking it, it's not just like a re-release. We are redoing all the art in the game, changing the character models, adding modern lighting, all sorts of stuff like that. And it's coming out in like three weeks. So get pumped. And man, were people pumped. And then it happened. It came out and things didn't go great. Well, Um, this is actually on us because... We assumed that they had actually been making Grand Theft Auto Remaster before those three weeks, when in reality, they started that day. <laughs> yeah. It's- so, so some background. Um, these, this trilogy, uh, which includes GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas games that we talked about a few months ago when we were talking about best GTA games, uh, the trilogy remasters were made by a studio called Grove Street Games, who has basically, for the last several years, been making the various ports for GTA games, including the mobile ports of these specific games. And so they were which tasked... Which perplexingly, yeah. which strangely, are a lot better than these than these, these remastered versions. Yeah, well, the, the mobile ports, keep in mind, are like not visual upgrades. They more or less use the exact same graphics uh, as the originals. And maybe that would have been the way to go. Because yeah, because the word upgrade is super generous, super duper generous. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of layers, uh, but just we'll start with the funniest layer, which is so they used algorithms to sort of upscale and increase the quote quality of a lot of these models, and for the main characters, they are okay. I think you they're fine. Unfortunately, there are so many no. characters. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, CJ looks like CJ looks like a fucking monster. He looks like a monster where all of his joints shrink into oblivion. He looks like fucking. He doesn't look great. He's like in. He looks like he's in balls 3D. He, the fighting he, game. He doesn't look great. But but I would say the main characters they like tried to at least be a little more hands on in fixing some of the weirdness. Like Claude in GTA 3, the main character of GTA 3, looks pretty good. Um, yeah. Big Big Smoke looks like a Muppet. Yeah, big, he looks he looks like a bowling pin <laughs> with a shirt on. Yeah, so the side characters, unfortunately, I guess there were so many characters that just couldn't get to them all. <laughs> and there are people. I mean, wh- you know, there's a a character that looks like Grimace, um, mm-hmm. like exactly like Grimace, and uh, they just um, 
it's hilarious. It's really, really mm-hmm. bad. For for a studio, you know, Rockstar's reputation is one where they pay a lot of attention to the like cinematic nature of their games and put a high uh, level of quality on the like importance of the experience. And holy shit, it was so clearly like a situation where they knew, I mean, who could play this and not think it was rough? And they knew that and they still put it out anyway because I guess, I don't know, money, more or less. Um, Some of the visual things that are bad in these games are genuinely like, if you tried to make a bad version of these games, I don't think you would land, you would even land on them. Like they are, they are the creation of a, of a, of a a wild mind. Like the rain, the rain rain effect is, it obfuscates everything. Like you can't see it. The rain (laughs) are these long, bright white drops that also center on your character. So as you move, the rain is like the exact same. Like it follows you everywhere you go which is wild. Some of it, some of the remaster stuff of the textures like makes no sense at all. There's a, a, a restaurant in San Andreas called Tough Nut Donuts. <laughs> and there's like a big billboard above it that has a, a, like a hexagonal nut shaped donut. And they just went ahead and smoothed that right out <laughs> into just a regular circular donut. It's just like, the circle. Shit, look at this fuck, look at this fucked up texture. Smooth that out, Rick. Okay, click, boop. It's like, I, that's a very, very minor complaint. No, my, my favorite bug that, that I've seen is in GTA 3. I tried to recreate this and I couldn't, but I watched a video of it yesterday. So it's worth calling out. In GTA 3, if you wiggle while driving a car, if you wiggle the yeah. controller back and forth enough times, the car gets wider and wider and wider like a pancake until it's driving around the street and it's taking like all of the road up. It's not, and it's not just stuff that is like, oh, that's funny. That's a funny, like weird aesthetic thing. It's like I, in the very first mission, or maybe second mission in San Andreas, you're like running away from the ballers in your on bikes with your three buddies. Only in my version, my special game that I played, uh, they went super duper slow, like almost to the point of stopping sometimes, so that the uh, the car with people trying to kill us with guns. Was just sort of sidling right up along. Oh, it no. made it like, I, I, yeah, I, I, it didn't happen again. I tried it a second time, and they, you know, picked up the pace. But it's 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 wild. I wanted to like just express a for people that might be considering remaking games like this in the future. Here's what I would ask: if you can get it running stable at 30 frames a second or 60 on next gen consoles, change nothing. Just That's release it. it. It would have been fine. Even with the visual goofiness of the game, I would still be having an okay time if it just ran stable and woo boy, it does not. It runs real bad. In GTA San Andreas, it lags out really bad whenever you are on Grove Street, which is only a problem because you spend fucking half the game like getting missions there and building your 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 gang up there and all this. They name their fucking studio after that, y'all. Have some pride. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't fully agree with Fresh on, on the the remaster thing because, like, we saw the Demon Soul remake remaster. Like, we know what a good version of yeah, but this that runs great. Look, if like. it ran like shit but was really pretty, I'd say make it run great first. Yeah, that's that did run well. Say. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I think there was like a huge opportunity here to remake these games and like really remake them. You know, like cut out 
some of the like just truly awful scene work like really do it but i think the i don't know it's hard not to feel like the calculus here was well we know people will buy it no matter yeah. what people always buy gta games no matter what so let's just ship it but again that that is so weird because i mean fresh and i used to work very close to rockstar new york and we would hear stories about that office all the time and one of the ones that i will never forget is that the hauser brothers would literally go over every press image every single one through like hundreds of options <laughs> and and try to find like exactly the perfect thing that they were obsessive and to think that <laughs> this got through which is a game like it's not a press image it's a game i i i truly don't get it like yeah it it just seems like it doesn't seem like the company i i i would love to know what happens and i have a feeling we'll we will get that story somewhere hopefully on polygon.com in the next year because it is the story right now it seems less likely that it's a cash grab because like gta online is still like generating so much money from i mean they could have two cash grabs like right no i mean it's fair it's just like it seems so seems so weird I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's very it is weird. profoundly um, bizarre. It's also it's also frustrating because like I, if they're going to do something like this, I really wish they'd remake the first two that you can't legally play right now. Like that would be we hit we really can't struggled legally to legally play the the first like one and two, you no, you Yeah, can't. they're very difficult to You can't find one and two anymore. They're not on Steam. Don't you remember when we were doing the you know what? You were out of I was out, um, yeah. You were out for that like you can't get one and two anymore. Like you can't play them. Like if you, you can, you know, illegally do it and, you know, work it out that way, but like find a kludgy solution, but like you can't yeah. get those. You're going to do something like at least have a little, you know, respect for the franchise. Sheesh. Let's talk about a game that is a great remaster effectively. That Halo Infinite multiplayer dropped early. Y'all, oh, it, really? It's good. It's very good. Can I download it to play it? What? Yeah, it's just out. Yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's just out. Oh, that's cool. I might do that. Check that out. All it's right. Low. Well, we we provide an important service here on the besties. <laughs> I've I told you I've been I've been out of the loop. That's excellent. That's great news. Is it good? The like fun different stunts and Wait, stuff. Did you guns? get time to play? Yeah, I I I, I got to play a, a fair amount of it. And what I would say, if anybody played Halo Four, Halo Five, those are the last two. I always get these numbers mixed up. But it felt like they were trying to do the transition from Halo feel to Call of Duty feel. They were incorporating different types of sprint and all these. Uh, I I don't know what to describe them. The, you know, like booster moves. Yeah. Right. It just felt like you know you you can you could actually scope looked on the site and it felt like it was not a good version of either like it it felt like it wasn't quite good halo and it wasn't quite good call of duty well listener they figured it out because somehow it feels like what i want halo to feel like in 2021 it still feels like halo like it's a lot of you know like circling around people, jumping up and down, uh, pouring bullets into them, um, and throwing grenades and, on a hope and a prayer if you're as bad as I am. But it also, all the things that I expect from a first-person shooter now are in there. Um, I don't know if anybody went back and played Halo 1 through 3 on the Master Chief Collection, but 
it can be pretty jarring. Um, and this mm-hmm. doesn't feel like that at all to the point where I'm I'm like genuinely excited for the the campaign now. Um, this this kind of feels like if they were to remaster one with like an actual gameplay overhaul to like modernize it. That's what yeah. it feels like because it does still have that aesthetic. It's like that return to the blockier aesthetic of one and the like simpler environments of one, but. It uh, the gameplay does feel like a simple example is like if you're jumping and you miss your jump slightly, you'll actually like mantle up and like grab the ledge. That might have been in five. Again, it's been many years since I played a multiplayer Halo game, but it just feels a lot smoother. They also like they removed most of the like weird mobility stuff, but you do like still like slide when you crouch while running and um, and stuff like that. So it, it feels. More modern, but not like full on. Oh, this feels like Call of Duty layered on top of uh, Halo, which works. Yeah, for me. that 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 remaster point is spot on because it feels so simple. As someone who has I kind of been um, skilled out of most uh, multiplayer shooters, being thrown in these like smaller maps that are the geometry is like very readable. You can learn the maps pretty quickly. Um, I just felt in control in a way that I I haven't felt in multiplayer games in a very long time. There are uh, modes with way bigger maps, and I, I'm excited to get some time into that. But I kind of got thrown into uh, into just some capture the flag matches and just kept playing because I was having so much fun. Yeah, it looks nice. It it's pretty, not like jaw dropping, but it looks good. Yeah, I was playing some 4v4, which I think feels really good insofar as like I didn't feel like I was constantly getting swarmed by other people, which helped a lot to just like learn the mechanics and slowly understand how like what guns I like and stuff like that. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's I don't know if it's the sort of game that I would get like totally overwhelmingly obsessed by. I will say like I wasn't there's like a battle. It's free to play, but there is like a battle pass system for unlocking cosmetics and stuff like that. I know a lot of people, myself included, have issues with like, like the only way you can earn experience to level up is by completing these three challenges that you have. And if you're playing a map that doesn't have any of those challenge options, sorry, you're just not going to earn any experience at all for this round, which seems like a weird choice. Uh, seems like something they'll fix. But overall, I, I think the minute to minute feels very, very true to Combat Evolved, like the original Halo game but just like modernized to being like 60 FPS on Series X and uh, just very sharp. It, like it feels very uh, responsive and tight. So I'm digging it, but I want to see more of it. And I'm very curious about the campaign. And also it's on Steam, which yeah. is fucked It's on up. Steam. It's on probably Windows Store as well. And uh, yeah. all the Xboxes. I'm, it's very weird. I'm glad it's on, I'm glad it's on Steam, but seeing Halo on Steam, like launching uh in in this way is just kind of is uh is very unusual but it's what bill gates always wanted yeah it's true is this the like is this now the big free-to-play first-person shooter is there like a a competitor to it Fortnite. uh but that's not a that's a third-person shooter oh Hmm. oh okay uh i don't know people still seem like the call of duty uh, but oh yeah warzone right warzone's the other warzone yeah we have uh, just a little bit of time left. Should we do honorable mentions? Yeah, that sounds good. Russ, I want to hear about your your RE4 experience. 
Oh, man. So uh, people might recall uh, Griffin talked about the Resident Evil 4 VR game uh, several weeks back. I didn't have a Quest 2 at the time. I now do. And wow, it is, for me, the probably the second best like VR gaming experience I've had behind Half-Life Alex and maybe Super Hot VR. So maybe third. But it's extremely, extremely good. As Griffin said, um, I have a huge passion for Resident Evil 4. I know we still need to go back and re-litigate the best Resident Evil game ever because oh, yeah. I still think it's 4. Um, but man, it's just super easy to jump into and and obviously very made with VR in mind, like updated with VR in mind. Um, looks great. Uh, and the fact that it's fully wireless like really, really helps immersion and and just fucking around. I will say... There was a moment where I picked up, I was on the farm, which is very early area in Resident Evil 4, and I picked up an egg, and I was like, I'm pretty sure you can eat these to, like, heal yourself. And so I tried to, like, VR eat the egg. Eat it? Yeah. That did not work. Uh, it no. should be noted, which I was bummed about. But uh, other, other than that, uh, I had a blast. It feels feels great to play. You can like flip your guns in the air and like throw your knife and stuff like that. It's 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 wicked. I, I'm I'm like over the moon about it. Well, uh, I've been playing Moonlighter again on the Switch. Oh, great game! They've done some uh, expansions and stuff, and I played it a lot. I think on Steam initially, but like Switch is so perfect for this game. Uh, it's I, I'm a real sucker for like uh, disparate genres brought into one. And if you missed Moonlighter the first time, I would very much uh, recommend you hop into it. The very short version, because I know we've talked about it before, is you are a shop owner <laughs> who ventures at night into a dungeon, uh, an increasingly you know difficult dungeons, delving deeper and deeper into a dungeon to collect treasures that you then take back to your shop and sell the the next morning. And it's so cool because the, you know, the adventure part is its own thing. You're you're uh collecting items and you can upgrade your items and that makes it so you can get deeper in the dungeon and and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But the shop part is about like setting the right finding the right prices for different items or like figuring out what items you can sell and what items you need to keep for uh, upgrading your gear and like finding the right balance of, and you can use the money you earn to upgrade your equipment, but also like to upgrade the town and uh, upgrade your shop and build out like that aspect of the game. So it's like very cool the way these two uh, systems uh, sort of overlap and are distinct from each other. Um, so it's uh, it's very worthwhile. Very cool. Um, if you've never played Moonlighter, I would highly recommend it. It's it's great. It's perfect for Switch. Uh, um, I know we're technically out of spoopy season, but I'm going to recommend Cape Fear, the 1962 version. Uh, you've probably heard of Cape Fear, either because Martin Scorsese uh, remade it in the 90s, or if you watch The Simpsons, uh, Sideshow Bob uh, has an entire Cape Fear episode. I'm recommending it because uh, on Resties last week, I talked about, like, for half a second, Night of the Hunter, one of my 10 favorite films and the uh, villain in that movie is robert mitchum robert mitchum is in uh, the original cape fear i had never seen this because i thought you know 1962 can't be that scary uh i was wrong dude is a, a human embodiment of a snake uh 
it is really, really upsetting. Uh, the politics in the movie also kind of upsetting, especially in the first half. Uh, but if you can stomach that uh, and you want like a, a Hitchcock style thriller, this is it. I, I really recommend the back half of this movie. All right. I had never played What Remains of Edith Finch. But I got an I, the new iPad Mini, and I've been playing a little bit of stuff on it. And I also had a uh, a flight uh, that I wanted something to play on, so I downloaded it and uh, played it, finished it, and won one flight. And uh, that game's extremely, extremely good, extremely uh, sad because it's basically you play through a bunch of ironic deaths over and over again. But it's it is uh, it, it's in that sort of walking around a house genre uh like your like your gone homes or your disappearance of ethan carter uh vanishing of ethan carter but it's really good i do think that the esrb should have a like baby endangerment yeah rating or something like that yes i completely agree with this it should be yes there's a there's a there's a horrifying it's an ironic death simulator and one of them is about a uh like a two-year-old uh so yeah it's not that's not great i had to like tuck the ipad like face down uh because rachel was sitting right next to me and was like looking over my shoulder from time to time and i sort of saw the writing on the wall and i was like oh i'm just gonna pop the airpods out real quick (laughs) let the scene finish up but it looks great on on ios and uh yeah it's a it's a beautiful little game uh, one more thing before we get to the uh, the thank yous. Uh, a lot of folks are asking us to talk more about Inscription, especially the back half of the game. I promise we will be talking more about the game. We'll be talking about it on the Game of the Year episode and maybe more at another time. Uh, so don't worry. It, it, we will do it. Okay. Um, I just wanted to real quick thank the people that wrote reviews in Apple Podcasts. Boz Lerman, Ian776, Zanyberg. One Punch Fan and G Suite. Thank you very much for writing reviews in Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone else who wrote reviews in Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate it. We are just rocketing up those reviews, and and I love to see them. So it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Very quickly, the stuff that we played this week. We played uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. We played the GTA Three Trilogy Remaster. We played Halo Infinite's multiplayer, which is available now and is free. Uh, we also uh, talked about Resident Evil 4 VR, Moonlighter, Cape Fear 1962, which is on the Criterion channel, and What Remains of Edith Finch. The uh, next week, the crucifixion of Dustin McElroy continues with <laughs> Pokemon Diamond and Pearl Remake. Uh, what a thrilling few weeks it's been for me personally as just a human being with a finite number of minutes on this planet. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Pokemon. Besties.